There is hope for us yet. We are young, we are wet. I am Holly Whitaker. There is no time for And I am Laura McCowan. How's it going? It's going good. Yes, it's Saturday, not Sunday. It's Saturday. I woke up this morning and I thought I had a million things to do. And then I was like, oh my God, it's Saturday. And it was exciting. Isn't that the best? Oh, it is the best. Yeah, I slept till nine, um, which is very late. Uh, yeah, it was glorious. It was glorious, right? Uh, my my daughter's with her dad, and um, so I slept, and it was yeah. I know Saturdays are fabulous. They really are. They really are. So the reason though we're doing Saturday is because we're doing two episodes this um, weekend. We're doing one tomorrow too. Yeah. So and we're doing the atheist episode tomorrow, our first interview episode, which is really mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, I'm very excited. Me too. Um, yeah, and so we get to spend two mornings with each other this um, this weekend. So, uh, so how are you? You're still sick. Yes, it's on its way out. I think you say that every time. I know it's so it's the most annoying thing. I hate being like I'm not a sicky. You know, I'm not like a sicky person. Um, you know those people at school who are always sick or the people at work who are always sick and you're like oh you're low immune systems you're always sick yes um but yeah no I'm I'm it's I think it's on its way out though but it's been um it's been I'm fine and then otherwise I'm good um it's been a it's been a good week I mean this the the big thing from this week is launching the um, home Facebook group and yeah. we launched it on Sunday or Monday and it's just been, it's completely blown my mind. I yeah. can't even believe it. You know, there's like almost 200 people, 200 women in it and just hearing all these stories and like, I, I had no idea um, really how many, I guess, I don't know. It's weird because when you write a blog, it's still like, I just still feel like I'm this person that's just writing things and publishing them. And it's mostly for me. And then you hear like women will say, I I read this post or I'm reading, or, you know, I've been reading you for whatever. And it's so, it's so shocking to me and it's so awesome. And, you know, and you collectively, we, I, you know, I guess reached a lot of people and, um, it's it's really humbling and cool and you know and and so awesome to see them like introduce themselves and then make connections with each other based on where they live or what their stories are or whatever so it is like it is so cool yeah it's really it's you know the wonderful part of it is that there is you know outside of aa there's there's really there's really no way to um connect in a way where you can actually just sit and kind of um, bear it all, right? And so this, right. I think what I found to be remarkable about it is um, a lot of a lot of women are, you know, they'll, they'll sit there and, and say things where, where their intention was just to, you know, not. And then there they are and they're, they're writing out the stuff that's just kind of pouring out right. and sharing their story. And 
And I know, I mean, obviously for me, it's like one of the most cathartic parts of my experience. Yes. I started a secret blog when I was, you know, just fairly new because I thought I was the only one in the world. I thought I was the only I know, we all do. And mm-hmm. so it's, yeah, it's really beautiful. And I love like what you said, especially about the, the geographic connection. Um, I think, you know, in, in, in a dream world, we're able to, you know, really, you know, like, yeah, fine. For the globe. Or, there's a woman in Fresno in that group. It's just fucking crazy, right? Oh, yeah. I saw that last night. Yeah. I know. Lots of Colorado people, too, which was cool. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so the Facebook group, if you're curious about it, um, there is a link on my site. Um, it's like a blog post I posted last week. I'll re up it. Um, and then there's a link on Laura's site. Or you can email this is homepod at gmail.com. So this yep. is homepod at gmail.com if you are interested in being part of it. And it takes or email days. one of us on our, you know, our, you could email one of us from our, like the emails available on our website and we'll eventually get it. But the fastest way to be, would be to um, email that Gmail address. Yeah. I would say the least fastest way for you to get to add it would be to email you. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, so today, today we're talking about sex OMG. I know. I can only hear <laughs> um like let's talk about sex baby in the back. Of the oh god. I didn't hear that at all. I know. <laughs> I feel really I don't I don't feel like happy that that's happening, but it is. Yeah. Um yeah, so we're having the sex episode today. And I love, I mean, let's just like, I'll be honest, like, I love talking about sex. I really do. Like I, yeah. like, I was with a group of friends recently. God, where was I? And somebody said something to me about how I, <laughs> about how, how I, every other thing I brought up, like seemed to like focus on sex. And I was like, really? Yeah. Um, and it's just like, it's true. And it's not because I'm like highly sexual or anything along those lines. I think it's just, I think it's such a fascinating topic and I don't think we talk about it enough. I think we, you know, I think there's our puritanical society has kind of relegated discussions um, about sex to the farthest corners and it affects us all so deeply. And so I think it's, a, I'm really excited to have this conversation. Just a warning, this is not a porn conversation. We're not talking about dirty, <laughs> you know, yummy sex in our favorite positions. We're just... <laughs> Oh God! Which, yeah, which is not off the table, but like, really, you know, this is just uh, like the reason we're talking about this is so that we can provide you some sort of comfort in your own, like, in your own exploration as you go from, you know, really being somebody that most likely has drank through most of your sexual encounters to somebody mm-hmm. sober through them, and and all of that, you know, and it's like a chicken and egg thing because sometimes our sex issues cause us to drink, and sometimes we drink. For sex, I, you know, and anyway, so totally, yeah, yes, there, yeah. Um, no, I'm excited, to, I'm excited to talk about it too. I become a lot more comfortable talking about sex as I get older. Um, and so, yeah, I think this will be this will be fun, yeah. So, should we just jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna ask you the first question, okay? Okay, do you want to go? Do you mind going first? No, I don't. Okay, so I guess the first question is, what were your ideas about sex growing up? Like, what was, you know, what was kind of the baseline um, 
the baseline understanding that uh, of which you built your understanding of, of sex. Yeah. My first messages. And... Yeah. Better. Yeah. I, um, I was raised, I, I mean, my, my religious orientation was Catholic and, you know, I grew up with a Catholic grandmother, Italian Catholic grandmother was very much a part of my day-to-day life. And, um, you know, sex was like a, you don't talk about it. You know, she, she, it's, it wasn't that it was shameful, but it was definitely never talked about. I never got the birds and bees talk. I never, um, you know, saw like if my mom kissed her husband's um, it was like, oh, squeal, you know, it was sort of like hush hush. And I, I don't really know why. I think I was just a late bloomer in general in everything in life. Cause I, you know, was like the last one to get my period. I was the last one to get boobs. Uh, you know, by ninth grade, it was like, everybody was there already. And I just showed up to the party and you know, the thing about that though, is I didn't really, I didn't, so I wasn't sexual early, you know, I didn't, it didn't interest me. I wasn't like, I was interested in boys in the, you know, in, in kind of a curious way, but I was mostly grossed out with them the way that like my daughter is right now at six years old. Um, just like, Oh, I don't get it. You know, and my, and when my friends were starting to like, have boyfriends or to make out and, you know, I just was so not there. And I don't think that was because I had messages about sex. I think it's just like hormonally, that's where I was. And then also I did somewhere along the line, I got the message of like, good girls don't have sex and, or they wait, you know, they wait. And so I was really late. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 21. Um, and my, and, and I was in college. So it was like, my messages were very much, it wasn't like a super shameful thing, but it wasn't a talked about thing. And it was like, you know, a kind of a sacred thing. And I just had a lot of embarrassment around it. Just like regular old embarrassment. I think that kids feel, I mean, my daughter, um, will like shove her hands over my eyes if uh, in one of her shows that she's watching a boy and a girl are like flirting with each other. Like it just makes her so squirmy. And um, that's kind of how I was about sex. And and I also had like zero knowledge. I mean, I just didn't, I don't know anything. Um, so that, yeah, that's kind of how it was for me. Hmm. What about you? I, you know, I'd not really ever thought about this. And um, as you're saying your story, I'm just like, I'm laughing. I mean, I was so into, I was so curious from a really young age. And I can't yeah. remember a time where I didn't like want boys. Um, so when funny. I was little, like my, um, my, we played with these two boys, like the Miraza brothers and the older was the age of my sister and the younger was the age of me. And like, and Gabriel and I used to like get under his parents, like under the <laughs> in a boat parked in front of their house. We were like five years old and we would get under there and like do stuff. Yeah. Like, tongue to tongue. And like, I just remember being really curious about what penises looked like. And yeah. I, um, I was like, I was boy crazy from the time I can remember. And yeah. 
I also, you know, in my household, it was just not talked about. Um, my mom got a book called, um, I've got, it's like called nine to 13 year olds from our doctor. And it was this like small book and she hid it. And I remember my sister and I found it and we would like, I would take it into the bathroom and just like pour over its pages just to like see what That's naked so bodies look like. And I was just, I mean, it was, it was not talked about in our house. Like I remember yeah. going through my mom's, um, my parents' bathroom cabinets and I found like they're I won't get into it, but I found con like used condoms. Ew! Like I found their lubricants, <laughs> and I remember just knowing what it was, but wanting to push the conversation and like walking out into the living room and holding my mom's bottle lubricant and saying, "What is this?" Oh and my god! See, that's so funny. I would have <laughs> never done that. Like, just no way. Yeah, but it was. I mean, I I was I wanted like I wanted to have a conversation about it, and I was I was endlessly fascinated by it, and I um, yeah I mean Dirty Dancing like was one of my favorite movies for a reason you know and because so, yeah. they grind against each other well because there was yeah there were sexy scenes and yeah you know, my parents used to like let us watch those movies but they'd send us out of the room during them and that one we were like in the hallway for most of it and I just remember the next day I had all the neighborhood kids over and well my I don't even know how we did this but we I we screened it at my house when there were no there, there was no adult supervision to watch the sexy scenes and so it's just anyway so yeah I my first my my orientation to it was was very was very curious and very um like I don't know how to explain it like I, I wanted well you to didn't know. doesn't sound like you were embarrassed you were just like what is this I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it out you know which is funny because I was also when it came like later on in my life when it came to relationships with boys I became very very prudish like I did not kiss I really like didn't kiss anybody um until I was um, like drunk and 15. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and then throughout high school, like I, I saved my virginity, you know, I, 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 you know, gave a lot of head, but I was really like, <laughs> not into, I had, like, I had this like very, very uncomfortableness about, um, the act of sex. And yeah. so anyway, but I, but it's, it's interesting, but at a, a young age, I was really, really curious. And my family was, my parents never talked to me about sex ever. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, never. There was never a conversation about it, which I, I, it's just my parents' personality. Like, I know that now, but like nothing, you know, it was, it's funny. And I do remember though, because I started to get curious, like you start to feel things in your body. Like, I think I had my first orgasm was when I was really young because I like it was like the rope in gym class like the cliche like no kidding this is like the rope and I was like oh wow take that whoa and so you start to get a little curious but I felt like it was like a shameful thing you know I was like oh I'm not supposed to do that and then my first experimentations were with like my girlfriends you know like you're like when you start to get your boobs and you're like what what is happening because it gets it's weird you know that first process and um I I, and I remember thinking that that was like not normal, but I, but it's totally normal, you know, like normal. I mean, to like, like for girls to like to talk or ask, you know, touch each other's bodies and like be curious about that and practice really? things on each other. No, oh I yeah. That I never, I didn't have girlfriends like that. I think, no. Mm-mm. It's so funny. I don't know. Like I, I, 
I don't know why, but we just did. And it wasn't anything crazy, but it was like just figuring out what it's all about. And girlfriend when you were 11 years old, but it's not like now I know that that is a really, really, really normal thing to do for girls. Um, but I didn't know that then. And so, yeah, it's funny. So those were my first messages and, um, and yours, you know, no surprise. They were, we were different. (laughs) We were different. Yeah. And I do have to say too, one really important key to this is my dad came out of the closet as gay when I was 14 years old, 14. Yeah. And that, um, did a number on me, um, because he, I didn't tell anybody, first of all, I didn't tell anyone for years, not until I was 18. Um, and second, it really like, and, and the leading up to that too, like from ages 13 to probably 15, when like this stuff first started happening, my, um, I started, my sister went through this metamorphosis where she started wearing moo's and, you know, like just, um, she lived. What was that about? She, I think we all, you know, energy, right? Like, I think we all knew something was going on before it was even spoken. And, um, she, she was living with a lesbian, like as a roommate. And, and I knew this because the woman that she was living with, her mother was, um, was, uh, uh, the pastor at my father's church and she was a lesbian and, um, very open. And so I went through this period of, because I was finding all this, this like reading material around my house about, about being gay, about homosexuality. And like, I first thought it was because my sister was gay and my parents were trying to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. And, um, so that made me weird with her. Um, and then I found another book and I thought, and then my dad said something to me like, um, your mother will move on. And I thought that meant like just randomly, like without yeah, any context, was, like, trying to reassure me that she was going to like, cause they were going, the divorce and separation lasted for a long time. So it was very okay. it was a long drawn up period. But, um, so then I started thinking my mom was a lesbian and ah. then, um, and then one day I was watching Ricky Lake and there was a TV, there was a show on, um, people that had gotten, um, married, even though one of them was gay and had children and um and I like I had this like aha moment and I was like my dad's gay and so for if you can just imagine what that does to a kid you know like she's like going in this like Russian roulette of believing her whole like everyone that surrounds her is gay and no one's talking to her about it and by the way she also lives in an agriculture town um that no where she knows no one that is gay Uh. and she's also by the way going through puberty and high school and so I was fucked like I just like and I didn't and then when he finally came out I didn't tell anybody around it but like I was very subjected to it like his 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 life was 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 very gay I mean he he moved to the part of like the gay part of town like the Fresno's equivalent to the Castro district this tower you you know and so anyway so wait so no don't skip don't skip past this because I think this is really interesting sure yeah so what um so how like so he came out to you and your sister yeah a year after when my parents were already well into their divorce okay but you but before that there was no explanation really it was like these no it was crazy I was really on yeah I was going on dates with him I was going like I was going out with him and and his boyfriends 
um, and like their kids. And I was going to his house and he was having dinner parties and, and his friends, my dad is like, he's not your stereotypical, um, gay man. He always makes the joke that the, he never got the toaster. Like it just like he, like his boyfriend of years was a basketball and tennis coach and my dad you know what I mean like just like so for me it was really hard because I had a very clear picture in my mind I'd only seen it on TV and in my yeah. mind you know, gay men were very flamboyant and they were very feminine and so I just was like huh because all of a sudden he was surrounded by 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 that archetype and and that stereotype and so I was and then I you know he would. Um, he be he moved churches and he started going to the one reconciliatory church, Methodist church, where the pastor was openly gay. And he moved to the part of town um, where, like the the Castro equivalent of of um, Fresno's Castro Castro equivalent. So it was okay. like really like immersed himself over this year into gay culture. And and I was just and then he would talk to me about like his friends who were coming out to their family and how they were he was like he did a number I mean he did a great number on like yeah so the whole like so anyway um so yeah that was that was my experience was I wasn't told until um like going through that for a good year and a half um, and did you not tell anybody because you were ashamed? Totally. Or, yeah. Well, I was afraid. I mean, here was the thing. I questioned my own sexuality at that point. Yeah. And I was, um, God, I did not intend to talk about this today, but fuck it. Yeah. I really thought like I was a lesbian um, and not because I wanted, because I was attracted to women, um, but because I was certain it was an inherited thing. And uh, I was just like. So were you like afraid that you were or were you like. I was afraid that people would believe that I was and then I wouldn't be invited to stay over at houses I mean it was like I know it's like when I say that it makes me just totally cry um because I was so I was so terrified Mm -hmm. um you know when I the first time I told somebody I told my best friend who had stayed with me many nights and who had known my family for years and I told her one day we were driving and we were probably 17 18 and I said Gwen's gay and she said Oh, honey. And I just, well, she probably didn't say honey, but she was like, oh my God. Yeah. And I started crying and I said, I'm not a lesbian. I swear to God, like, Aww. please just like, I, I, I'm not attracted to you. Like, and she started laughing and she was like, is that why you didn't tell me? <laughs> and I was like, of course it's why I didn't tell you. Like, Aww. I just, I didn't, I had, I had no, not a clue, not a clue, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and I was, yeah, I was totally ashamed. I was afraid of what people would think. And, and then, you know, and, and just to kind of check forward when I, it was like one of the things, like it really helped me in, in this part of my life in the, in the, um, you know, talking about addiction. Yeah. Because when I was 18, I just started telling everybody and I was like, I don't fucking care. Why do I fucking care what people like think about, you know, my dad's sexuality and my sexuality. And so, um, it really like, um, it did shift for me at some point, but but not throughout my entire high school years. Which, which are like the most <laughs> fragile years for your, you know, you're just, it's so hard anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, I think it's just interesting to touch on that because it's not, you know, it's something it's a lot of everything. And it's really funny because like we were talking last week, it's just, I'm like, I wave it away. I'm like, yeah, you know, because it's right. so, I spent, first of all, I spent so many years in it, you know, yeah. I mean, my, like the first part of my life was just about my, you know, my dad being gay and, um, oh my God, like I, it just like, and my dad's in my relationship and, and the yeah. of that. And, 
I just like at this point in my life, I'm just like, yeah, but it, it for sure had, I mean, it, it, it impacted everything, you know I mean? It Did you, everything. yeah. Like, do you how? I mean, because it's not like, like, I think all those feelings that you had when you were a teenager, like you don't want people to think you're, I mean, it's very self-centered because that's how we are when we're teenagers, yeah. you know, you have no, nor should you be asked to have the ability to say, to give a shit about what your parents' sex, sex life is, you know, like know. that's such an unfair ask. I remember, I'll never forget when I was a teenager and my dad said to me, he, I mean, he, we did not have these talks and it was one talk that we, that I remember having and it was so uncomfortable. I can like still feel it. Um, but we were walking <laughs> on the street and he was like, so I just want to let you know that I don't, I'm not having sex with more than one person. I was like, oh, whoa, oh, why, oh, why, why, why would you do that? Why <laughs> take it back? And, um, yeah. I was like, okay, that's okay. And he's like, I, your mom wanted me to let you know that because he dated a lot of women, you know, but I, and even if I did think that, I just didn't want to know that. No, you you know, didn't it, need to know that. You really didn't need to know that. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's such a like heightened time of, awkwardness anyway and um it is it is it is yeah so so that so anyway it turns out that, but I, you're not a lesbian um no no and I spent I mean I, I sucked a lot of dick to prove it too and so yeah it's like it's you know it's one of those things that I like I said like I it is the thing I need to unpack the most Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, <laughs> there is no interest in unpacking it at this point, right. um, not at this point in my life, but it is, it's something that like, I need to now, now that I am where I am, it's something I need to go back and really unpack. Um, but we'll just say for the, for the sake of this call that my first, ex my, my, <laughs> my metamorphosis into womanhood was marked by a lot of, um, confusion. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. Then the next question you, you want to ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> so Sorry. The first, so losing your virginity. Okay. Were you drunk? Tell me about it. Yeah. So the, uh, yes, I was drinking. The first time I had sex was when I was 21. It was um, with a friend from high, all growing up. Um, and he was one of those guys that, um, you know, he was, I very much took on in high school, like the, the best girlfriend, you know, role. I, I wanted to be like the guy that all, uh, the girl that all the guys like totally loved and respected, but you know, I, and I did wish that they wanted to make out with me and a lot of them did, but I just couldn't go there. And this is one of those guys that had tried. Um, but it also like, put me in that box, you know, of, of like, untouchable girls or whatever. And I think I was just, I had gained a lot of weight in college. I was so highly insecure about that. And I felt really insecure that I, I started to feel insecure that I hadn't had sex yet. Um, and I started, to, I just was so like, I wanted someone to like be interested in me so badly and it's not that people were, weren't, I just, it wasn't ever the ones that I wanted to. So I was like a combination of insecurity and just, um, deeply afraid of 
intimacy and like sex and stuff. And I, so yeah, it was, you know, classic. We got drunk one night and we had been hanging out a lot and um, got drunk one night and just had sex. And it was like the saddest, most uneventful thing. I still remember like what I had on. I don't think I took my clothes off. I don't think he just, you know, basically fucked me and got, and got off. And I was like, okay, so that, that happened. And then, you know, got very attached to him like immediately afterwards because it was, I turned it into, or, you know, it's hard. I, I, um, I, I got attached to him and he just did not care, you know, had no interest in that. Yeah. And, um, and I, and every, every time then for like a year that we would have sex, we would be drunk. I mean, there was never one time when we weren't maybe in the morning sometime after I had like slept over after being out, we would have, we would have sex and not be um, drunk, but it was a horrible first experience, first person to sleep with because he, um, it was just one of those guys that didn't give a fuck. He had such a disrespect for women and me and, you know, we were also in college. I mean, and to be fair, he never promised me that he would be like anything, but, but I guess because we had grown up together, I, I expected that. And to learn that, that I held no special spot was really, um, heartbreaking to me. And, you know, I ended up getting pregnant with, by him and, um, we were drunk when that happened. And then we were drunk when I got the nerve up to take a pregnancy test. And so finding out, you know, we were drunk and, you know, so like my first, um, my first year of, and I didn't sleep with anybody else, you know, my first, for a long time, my first experience of sex and drinking were completely one and the same. Um, so it was not, it was, it sucked, you know, I, and I think back on that now and I feel really sad about it because when I got pregnant, he didn't want to have anything to do with that. I very much experienced going through that abortion on my own. And, um, and it was, I had a lot of shame, ugh, so much shame around, you know, having sex with this guy who I thought actually cared about me, um, as a person. And, you know, it turns out he just was fucking people. I mean, he was just a dick. And, um, you know, I caught him many times, like, sleeping with my friends. He slept with, um, this is kind of cathartic to, like, out him now because it's so far away from my life, like, so far away from my current life. And, um, and he slept with, I was in a sorority in college, and we had, like, a parents weekend, and he disappeared at the end of the night and took my car and he went and slept with the mother of one of my sorority sisters at the hotel and I at the hotel she was at and I had this like flash of realization of no realizing that that's what was happening at like two in the morning Mm -hmm. because they had been flirting all night and my mom was with me and we were like we were like, let's go over there right now we're driving over there and sure enough there's my car in the parking lot of the hotel and I see him like sl- slunk out and get into my car and um, me and my mom are driving next to him on the highway and he looks over at one at a red light at one point and sees us and just this total shock 
and um and you know so it was that kind of scene like that was my first experience with the with sleeping with someone and it was sucked it was really painful yeah um and not a good not a good way to kick off your like sexual life yeah so that's yeah that's that was my first time and probably my first you know 100 times it was with him i didn't sleep with someone for a few years after that um yeah <laughs> um so that yeah I didn't I I didn't plan on talking about that either but that's that was definitely you know my sex story for I carried that around for for a long time um yeah what about you what was your first I don't think I know this no um it was like a month shy of my 18th birthday and um my um I've been dating, I guess my boy, I guess he was my boyfriend at the time. I don't know. I had this, I, I, my first was with uh, a guy that was like three years older than me. He was, he'd been a senior when I was a freshman and we'd started dating when I was a sophomore. And then um, he, (laughs) I forget about this. He lied to me and said he was going to the San Francisco Art Academy and actually he went into the Navy and. (laughs) Whoa, very different. (laughs) And then he lived in Chicago or Illinois for a while. And then he was, he would like, he like, for some reason, I, I just imagine like this lonely army or Navy man, like he started like writing me poetry and like wrote me this long, like I found out about it. I can't remember how. So I think I was out one night at a party and somebody said, yo, Jeremy's in Illinois and the Navy and started laughing <laughs> at my inability to understand that my boyfriend had broke up with me and told me he was in San Francisco, but was in Illinois. Oh. Um, but he like started, I mean, he just like wooed me. He like wrote me, he sent me mixtapes and um, wrote me poetry and letters and professed his love for me. And he, and he, and the mixtapes were really good, by the way, just like incredible. Um, and so like he, and then when he would come back into town to visit, um, he, uh, I don't know, like, I, I can't remember exactly what happened, but he, one night I just like, I was, pl- I, I had, you know, for years warded off having sex with this man. And like, I just ended up, um, one night deciding to do it because I can't remember why there was, there was an ulterior motive. I didn't want, I did not want to have sex. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, and I went over to his house, his parents brought a town and I, you know, I, I, he picked up Newcastle for us and we had a couple of large Newcastles and then we smoked pot. I mean, I was like sitting there in the kitchen, like drinking it for the purpose of like saying, if I'm going to do getting the courage up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, I mean, it was like, we were like preparing me. I was like, I was, you know, taking sedatives before the surgery. And so, um, yeah. And it was just terrible. And Mm -hmm. like, it was just terrible terrible oh my god it was terrible and we got locked in on ah! and um yeah and so and and I just didn't I didn't have very much sex with him after that and um I I mean I would love to know if anyone's first time is really great I just I mean I would say no that would be my guess I don't yeah. think I've ever heard a story that was like it was perfect um this is not perfect it's hard to actually even talk about it it makes me like yeah so that was it it was that was my first time I was 17 years and 11 months old I was I was drunk and it was in my 
ex-boyfriend's parents fed. Yeah. Oh, God. I know. Let's move on. Now, um, okay. So the next question then is, so what was sex like for you um, at the end of your drinking, <laughs> I guess? Yeah. Um, I'll do a little of the like path, you know, because yeah. I think there, it's important for me. I didn't realize this until, until I got sober really that, I had so closely, you know, no surprise, but I'd so closely linked sex and drinking. Um, You know, I don't know that I, except for my husband's, I don't think I had sex sober. Uh, And I met my husband when I was 27. So I don't, I I know I didn't have sex sober for for 10 years, you know, or whatever. Um, And that's, that's big. You know, I, I just didn't know how to get there. I didn't, I was highly uncomfortable in my body. I didn't, um, I thought that that was like the way to affection and to sex and to attention was through drinking. Um, and I did have, and I also didn't have boyfriends, you know, so I, I dated like one guy, um, when I was in my twenties that I worked with and I'm sure that we did have sex sober, but I don't really remember. And I do do remember not liking sex with him. So I probably blocked it out, but you know, towards the end of my drinking, when I, um, there was, there was a shift that happened around my thirties when I started to turn 30, where I really, I, and I think this happens with a lot of women, I became more sexual and like comfortable in my sexuality and interested in it. And, you know, a lot of that was due to my husband just being a loving, you know, strong, kind person who loved me and allowed me to feel secure. You know, I think we all have that partner who accepts us and allows us to feel um, comfortable you know, sexually, but even with my husband, I, I never really fully felt, um, comfortable sexually. I just, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't let it all go. I didn't feel comfortable, like having pleasure. I wanted it, but I didn't feel super comfortable with it. I also didn't, you know, I think a lot of it is I didn't find sex all that, um, pleasurable. Like it just wasn't to me. I didn't know how to have an orgasm while having sex. I figured out in my twenties, how to do it myself, thank God. Um, And that, you know, that was a big deal, but I didn't, I didn't know how to feel that. I didn't know how to, uh, uh, how to um, enjoy sex. Like I just didn't really know how to. I, and it's not that it was always terrible. I liked the connection of it. I liked, you know, I love touching and I love intimacy and I love, all of that, but I didn't know how to like the act of actual, you know, sex itself, um, in the most basic sense, you know, baby making kind of sex. I didn't know how to do it. Um, so that, so my sex life, you know, fast forward, um, to my separation days after my husband and I went nuts, man. I went crazy. And I 
drank a lot and slept with a lot of, it wasn't so much like a, a large number of people, although it was, you know, if you look at like the diagram of me through my twenties and then there's a massive spike, you know, once I got separated, um, and it's largely because I was drinking so much and it gave me the permission to do that. I also really wanted to experience different people. Um, but I also, you know, it, it's dangerous because I didn't care what I was doing. I, yeah. I wanted to, um, I was drinking so much and I had still close, so closely linked drinking and sex that I just slept with a lot of people and people that I didn't care about, people that didn't care about me. Um, some people that I did care about, some people that did care about me, but by and large, it was just a very like an emotional thing. It was um, like trying to, it was another way to alleviate pain and to escape myself. Yeah. Um, and it never really happened without alcohol involved. I mean, did you really, want, to, I mean, do you, do you remember wanting to have sex? Like actually wanting to, to do it or was it something you thought you should do? Both. Um, sometimes it was something I thought I should do. It turned into something I thought I should do to something I wanted to do. Yeah. I, I, it didn't, it really wasn't, um, I think because I had like been so demure about it for so long that there was like a, a high to just fucking someone. Yeah. And it's a danger. Uh, it, yeah. But there was, it was, there was like some kind of crazy power that I realized that I had as a woman. I think people, right. a lot of women figure this out much earlier but I didn't figure it out till, you know, my mid thirties that as a woman, you can go out and pretty much any night that you want to, you can sleep with someone, you know, and, and I realized I had this power. And so part of it was a power thing. And part of it was a wanting to sleep with, you know, wanting to have some kind of, even if it's a fake connection or a momentary connection, finding that connection with someone. And, um, part of it was, the high of just fucking someone. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, um, yeah, I know. It, it was a very destructive pattern for sure. And it was destructive because I started to be like, um, totally unemotional about it. I mean, sometimes I would yeah. be really emotional about it depending on who the person was and if I had a relationship with them. But if I didn't know the person or I didn't, you know, or sometimes even if I did, I turned into like, I just, I, I was totally numb to it. Yeah. Like sociopathic about it. And that, that was scary. I mean, that's really scary. Yeah, I know. I know it is. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, at the end it was sex and drinking and men and drinking were like, interlinks a hundred percent completely one didn't happen without the other I thought that the way to intimacy was through drinking I couldn't imagine having sex sober and I let's be honest I didn't really enjoy sex I mean it's really now that I know what it's like to have sex sober I didn't it, that sucked it was sloppy <laughs> it was gross it was 
like Sarah Hippola says it she explains it really well um in her in her book just how kind of ew and in sloppy it is you know it's not it's not what um not what you think it is while it's happening no you're like this is amazing (laughs) I'm so sexy and you know and and then it's like you think about it and it's just kind of yeah it's not that's not that's not how it is um I think that's all I want to say about that I mean it's it's you should see the look on my face it's really funny you're because you're is it just like recognition and just like well yeah uh, total recognition and my my like my mouth like I have that like stank face like uh, yeah the stank face that's what I was I'm making it too like trying to imagine uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so you know and it's 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 really freeing to be able to talk about these things because I this is the kind of shit I would never talk about, you know, and I, it's really only through um, AA and knowing a lot of other women and hearing their stories um, and realizing like this is the most common link for women is, is, you know, pairing men and attention for men and sex with booze and having, and I just don't have shame around it anymore because it's, it's like not unique, you know, it's just what I, I, I understand. Yeah. why I did that and why I felt that way. Yeah. Um, and it was another way to escape myself. It really was. And, um, I, I get it. Like I totally get, I get it. Yeah. What about you? What did it look like and what sort of was your tra- trajectory? Um, whew. I just didn't, you know, it's really funny. I, I've not had many sexual partners. I've had few, compared to what I should, I mean, not should, but what I, what it could have been. Um, right. I, I'm very, very, it's kind of funny because I am very, when it comes down to it, I, I actually take it pretty seriously. I don't know how to say it other than that. Like, um, not so much on this side of things, not since quitting drinking, but, um, yeah, well that, get, I, I think that's not, yeah. I get close to it. I mean, my MO was, was, you know, I mean, clearly, like, first of all, I do have to say this. I mean, I've always loved morning sex. Um, and so those are the only times I can ever really honestly say that I have um, had sex sober. Yeah, but like, even after you're drinking, night. like, the morning sex, like, I still don't count that as sober sex, because you're kind of still... Well, I lived with boyfriends, and I, you okay, know, like, yeah. I, I had, I was not hungover every, you know, like, I just... Uh, yeah. But I... You know, and I was in, let's see, I was in, I was in a couple of long-term relationships. Um, and, but for me, I also was, um, I, I tended to get high a lot to have sex. And oh, I just yeah. remember when I was living with my last, with a, with a boyfriend in 2010, um, we would come home from at night and he would always, he'd usually finish it off with like a glass of Knob Creek. And I would, you know, I would get stoned and I would just tell, I'd be really honest with him. And I would just say, um, I really need like to feel horny. I need to get stoned. And this was normal. This was okay. Like it was like, he kept it on hand because he knew like in order for me to get it up, I like had to be stoned, which is just crazy to me. Um, It's so crazy. I can't imagine anything less, um, less um, like horny making than fucking smoking pot. (laughs) 
Well, it did. It did make me horny, but also there is another component to it, which is it also allowed me to dissociate. Yeah. And, right. and I, <coughs> we would be sitting, I would, there were times that I would just freak out if I didn't have it, you know, yeah. I just can't. And that's because it would allow me to, you know, like in other words, I'd either be blackout drunk or I would be, you know, just completely blackout stoned, right? Like I just wasn't, I didn't have to be there. And that's because I really hated sex. Um, it's just, it's so weird. And my MO was not, it was not that I didn't like do a lot of stuff with men, but we'd always get really close to sex. And then this thing would kick in, which was, you know, and I'm not talking about with boyfriends. With boyfriends, I hated it. I don't know how to explain it. I loved making out. I love making out more than anything in the entire world. I will make yeah. out with you for days on end. Yeah. But when it comes to like, and this is before I stopped drinking, but when it, when it came, I should say, when it came to penetration, no, 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 no. I just would like be, mm -mm, no, don't want to do it. Like something would go That's off. And fascinating. Me. Yeah. And so I just like, for me, like my dream night would be like, could we get stoned and then drink? And then could we just make out like at a bar <laughs> on the way home on your couch? And maybe you could touch my boobs. And then let's the just guys are like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. And then you're that. like, go act. And you're like, no, actually, we're, we really aren't going to have sex. And we're and done. Like, yeah. And we're done. Yeah. And so, I mean, and which is not to say I didn't enjoy it from like that there weren't like, you know, great sexual experiences like I did. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, there were, there was always a point in time with most of my boyfriends, not all, God, not all, but with most of them that I, you know, where there was, where the sex was good. There was, you know, but for the most part, I grew very tired of it. I hated it. I felt like it was a chore. Mm. Um, and, um, and then there were, you know, and then there were relationships where it was always a chore. And so like for me, what it was before was just, um, you know, it was just with, with men I was in relationships with, which are the men I tended to have sex with. Um, uh, it was, um, it was, I had to usually be bombed. Um, yeah. and, and like, there's this, there, this, the, like the, there has been a lot of writing on it. I think like Sarah Heppola and then, uh, you know, Carolyn Knapp, I think she mm -hmm. touched on it about how like you, you're, you just all of a sudden come to and you're being fucked. Right. And you're yeah. like, you can't even remember how you got there and like pull it together. Like I'm having sex right now, you know? And so like, like uh. it, was just, it was confusing and it was all like, and I, it was, it was also like it, for me, it really had to be for it to be good. It had to like, there had to be some sort of like, play on it like we had to dress up go out to dinner and then you had to like you know bend me over your couch or like it was very yeah. much regurgitation of what I had seen I guess on like my I remade it like for sex to be good it had to be like you know we are you stop you pull the car over and you fuck me in the back seat or, yeah you know, like, like there had to be some kind of dramatic yeah. yeah yeah and so um, otherwise, please, this is so boring. Can we go back and watch reruns of the wire? And so, um, <laughs> it was, <laughs> which is anyway. So, um, so yeah, so before I don't remember it to like, especially towards the end, but also I did not do like, I did, if I were to pick up a man from the bar or if I were to go home with somebody, we would get totally naked and then I'd stop and I'd just say, I really like need to know you better. Oh my God. And they were like, and then they would never call me again. Um, but that was true. I mean, that was just my, my MO was like, I'd get all the way there and then I'd be like, I can't, I'm not going to fuck you. Like, yeah. not unless you prove to me that you're going to call me tomorrow or that we're going to, you know. Which and, is totally fair. I mean, 
Yeah, but also it was like, but I also put, um, I mean, it's fine, sure, you can say it's fair, but it also put like grandiose expectations on one night, on what was like all, for all intents and purposes a one night stand, I'd get there yeah. and be like, I really like you. And, you know, if like, and then just try and turn it into a relationship and, you know, at two in the morning we're, you know, shit based. And so, um, I would say it was, you know, I always use sex as like a, a, a something, you know, it was never just pure. There were very few times where I really just wanted to have sex unless I was also trying to get, you know, him to reassure me that he cared about me. Yeah. Um, that's, a that's like, yeah. that's a really profound, like, statement insight yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um a proof of how much I wanted and um yeah and I had and which is not to say I didn't have good sex I mean like the man that I was seeing up until I ended I mean even though we had a lot of our sexes drunk I mean he was still a good lover and we still had yeah good lover but like you know I mean I had as I had good sex but I would I never would say like my sex life was good um right well I think yeah. it's hard for to separate it being good from you being healthy yeah it was never healthy (laughs) right with my I had a boyfriend of seven years and um we had like we we had probably the healthiest sex life I could imagine and um and then yeah I mean like but then I don't know but I guess too I was always stoned or drunk yeah never mind I mean it's just yeah it was never it was never healthy it was never healthy it wasn't yeah that's for sure so that's what I'll say um cool I'm sitting here with my arms folded <laughs> you know you're like oh mm, let me take a shower after this um okay so then the next question is um what was what was sex like the first time sober like like how is that <laughs> yeah um god I it was awesome it was it was a little scary it was definitely scary like I remember it being um, very shaky and not in like a, like a good way or just shaky and like nervous, shaky. Um, and I, the person that I slept with was, you know, we didn't like just sleep together the first time we made out. It was, it, it led up to it and it was, um, you know, we were in a friendship and a relationship of sorts. And so it felt um, it was great. I mean, it was great because I could feel it. Um, it was scary because I was sober and, you know, it's very jarring to do all the, the things that lead up to sex without, and be conscious of them, you know, like taking off your clothes and, Um, you know, it was like the light of day and just, it wasn't, it was like a beautiful scary though, you know, it wasn't, um, a dangerous scary. It was like actually being able to feel all of those things was so wonderful and thrilling in the way that I thought, you know, it, I imagined it was when I was having sex (laughs) drunk you know it was like um really nice and it wasn't it was so much better than I thought it was gonna be I mean so much better 
And I think part of that is because I had had a little experience. Like I did know in general what I liked and I was comfortable in my sexuality. Like, um, it's different to have, you know, having sex when you're 37 or 38 is far when you've had a few partners. And even though I'd, um, been drunk for a lot of it, I, um, felt, you know, I was, it's not so much about the sex. I was comfortable in my body, put it that way. I'm thinking that same thing. 10 times more comfortable in my body than I, a hundred times than I was when I was 27, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that has so much to do with it. I wasn't, it, it, that is massive, you know, and thank it is. God, thank God that happens. Um, <laughs> right. I think and that, the irony is your body doesn't necessarily get better. You know? <laughs> like, no, I mean, I, I can say wasted on the youth. <laughs> yes, totally. Um, I, and it, it's hard to, I mean, my body probably is better, but it doesn't, it wouldn't have mattered even if it wasn't. It's just the perception is so different and perception is reality, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's, that's the big difference. You know, not necessarily that I felt more confident sexually because I really didn't. I felt more confident in my body, um, which equates to being confident sexually. And so it was, it was really um, special and fun, like so much more fun um, yeah. to experience sex sober. God, like, like it doesn't even compare. And that was a really, really awesome realization. Yeah, I have to say it was. I wrote, I wrote about the four unexpected benefits of sobriety this week, and. <sighs> And now that I'm thinking that should probably have been in there because I didn't expect for it to be, a, you know, a really such a wonderful thing. I, I just had no idea. And it is, it's, um, all of the, you know, not even just the, the sex sex, but all of the things leading up to that being present for the buildup, being present for the sexual tension, being present for the, um, the, touching and all the things that lead up to sex, being present for the flirtation that has nothing to do with touching, you know, the flirtation in your mind, the flirtation of conversation, the flirtation of um, intimacy or or the, the experience of intimacy that I couldn't feel when I was drinking or drunk. It just was so false. Um, That is thrilling and really awesome. Um, so yeah, my my first experience was I don't really even re- remember it. Ex- no, no, I totally, <laughs> totally. I was like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Um, it's a, it's the guy that I mentioned that I'm still dating that I've been dating on and off. It's it's him. So I feel like I don't want to really talk about it because it's not just some dude that won't hear this or. Um, you know, people that I know won't hear it and know who it is. So it's him. And, um, and it's been, it's been, you know, it was, it was a really beautiful thing. It was a really, really beautiful thing. And it's something that I worried about that I didn't need to worry about, you know? Yeah. Um, but you can't know until you're, until it happens. And then, um, you know, since then it's been, I mean, I've had more growth sexually, uh, in the year that I've been sober than I did in the first 37 years of my life. 
yeah. you know, by far. Yeah. Like, and that's a really, it's a true gift. I mean, sex is not like a requirement to live. Like we don't need it. Like it's not an actual Whoa. physiological requirement, but it, the connection is a psychological requirement. Right. And it can, and I don't know if I agree with that statement. <laughs> well, no, it's like scientifically, like you're not going to die if you don't have sex. I would be really miserable without sex. Um, I would, I, it's a big part of my, it's a big part of life. And I think it's one of like, I, I laugh sometimes. I'm, you know, it's like, good job, God, like really good job with the sex thing. Thank you. Like that is a, that is a fucking gift, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been one of the really rewarding and, um, fun parts of this path. It really has been. So I'll turn it to you. What was your first uh, sober experience with sex like? Uh, So I did not have sex for like the first year. That's Um, right. Last night, when I, the, the night that I had my last drink, I was the last night I had sex with um, the man that I had been having sex with for a while. And wait, I, say that again. The, I, the last night I drank was the last night. I don't think I said that right. Yeah. The last night I drank, I spent the night with the man that wait, I, one of your exes. Yeah, yeah. My exes. I, the, the one, um, and, um, yeah, and I just was done, um, and I did not, for, it just, it wasn't that I felt asexual, um, but on some level, I felt asexual during that time. I just did not feel. Yeah, I think a lot of people experience that. Yeah, and the funny thing was, as I was doing this, I did yoga every day, I stopped drinking, I, you know what I mean? I stopped binging and purging, and like, I just remember being in that time, like, damn, this is such a waste. Like my, my body looks better. Than oh ever. God. I felt like that so many times. And I yeah. was like, and here I am and I'm not being fucked. Um, but it was just very, it was, it just wasn't, it wasn't top of mind. And then one day I was top of mind. I just like, like, um, I was, it's really funny. I was, I was, I was in a, um, I was having lunch with a, a woman that was helping me design my website. And I it was like, February. And I said, um, she was asking me about my love life. And I was like, Shh. and I just said, I just, I want this. I want to, and I literally said, I want a, a big hairy man to just come and fuck the shit out of me. And, um, <laughs> a and big a couple weeks man. later, such a weirdo. <laughs> big hairy man. Um, and it's true. I mean, it was just like, I just, did I just was like at that point I had it been a long enough time and I wasn't interested in being in a relationship but one day it just snapped and it was yeah. like it, like um you were ready I was ready and so the first time that I had sex over there was there was no uncomfortableness whatsoever mm-hmm. and it was like I mean he and I both called it life ruining sex um <laughs> I've had that kind. <laughs> Where you're like, I'm so fucked forever now. Well, it will never be this good again. Right. And, um, and it was good. It was, it was just as good again with him. I mean, he's like, he was just fantastic. And so it's, 
similar to you, except a little bit different. I mean, there, this was not somebody that I was in, in love with in the sense we did not have a long friendship leading up into it. There was just a chemistry and an understanding and a knowing and, mm-hmm. um, as well as a lot of drama, but like, um, I'll just say that it was the first time um, I like, I've never enjoyed sex. Like I've like, I just never in my life have enjoyed sex. Like I enjoy it. I enjoyed it then. And it was very, um, there was no, and like, I know, like, I know, like when I stopped drinking, I was just like, how, how is this ever going to happen? Like, how does this happen without drinking? I do not know how to bed a man without getting him drunk first and saying, do you want to come back to my place? Um, and it was very, yeah, it was, it was a concern. And then, um, and then it just, God, the second that like it was happening, I was just like, this is never going to be a concern again in my life. Um, and you know, we need, we're going to talk, we have one more question that comes after this, which is what is it, what is it like now? Um, and so I want to kind of save that, um, but I'll, I will just say that it was um, that my first time doing it, I also was very, I was so comfortable in my skin at that yeah. point. Yeah. I was so like, I, I mean, when I, I remember one night when I, I broke up with my boyfriend of seven years and um, I started seeing this other man and um, I was out with my girlfriends. I was living in Santa Cruz and I was out with um, a lot of, I had a, I had a ton of girlfriends that were lesbians at that time. And I was like, just telling them for some reason we were out at a, some, one of their houses, super drunk. And I said, I'm really terrified of showing Adam my breasts. Like I, like Steve is used to them. He's seen them for seven years. They're really far Mm -hmm. apart. Like they're really weird. (laughs) And they were just like, girl, let's look at him. And so I just like got up in the middle of the room and took my top off. And I was like, you know, I mean, I was so terrified of showing. When was this? How old were you? Oh God, I was 23. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, I was so terrified. No, 25. I was so terrified of showing I had what there'd been one man that had been with those breasts for a long time. And I just, and he, I, I thought I was deformed and I just remember standing with them and they were just like reassuring me that my boobs were perfect, but like not deformed. Yeah. But like, I just, um, I don't know. I just like, didn't, I never bought that my body was great, even if it was great. And it was something that just happened over that year of, of, of learning to be with me and love me that just, um, even if it wasn't, didn't give a fuck. And the funny thing is like, I, I never in my life has it, have I had a man adore my body as much as this guy. The, the well, I just also think, yeah, I also think there's something that happens to women around our age where you drop, yeah. you just come into a different place of your body. And I, I, I've heard it from like dozens and dozens of women and you see it like in women that are mid thirties. Yeah, but I still, it's not always, no, but I'm not that you're say. like, at, it's not that you're at like perfection and um, you know total zen with your body. That's not it at all. But I think there's something that happens, and I don't know if it's physiological or, or what. But I think a lot of people just say this is what I this is what it is, and I'm gonna love it. And you also realize that you're able to, or I was able to, for some reason, believe that this guy that I'm with is like psyched. <laughs> to be, you know, like my body is awesome to him. 
Yeah, but I do have to say that wasn't, I mean, I like, I'm not denying the fact that like, there's something that's happened because of my age and I've grown into this like sexual maturity or whatever. But I will like just a year before I was like shrinking. I didn't like, I did not like the man I was sleeping with at the time to see my bot. Like it just, I was yeah. very. So mm, you're equating it to sobriety, a lot to sobriety. A hundred percent. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not equating it to the fact that I moved from age 33 to 34. I just am not. I would, I was, um, or 34 to 35. I was, and I was very uncomfortable. Like there's something very, very protective about drinking and, and drugging. And there was like, I was oh, very like obvious. turned inward and I was, I just did not want to be seen. I did not want to be looked at. I did not want to be observed. I did not want to be, um, I did not want to be criticized. I did yeah. not, you know, like, and there was this, um, stepping in, like it was, I mean, not even a hundred percent. It was a thousand percent. Like I stepped into my own skin. I yeah. stepped into who I was. I learned who I was. I was proud of who I was. I was who I was. And that was just it. And then when I, you know, and like the second he walked into my apartment, like the, 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 you know, I was just like, there was this proudness of, you know, of, like of just doing, and, and I, and not only that, that lent to me to experiment in, you know, experiment like and do things I would never have done ever with any man no matter how drunk I was I you know I was just comfortable in in being in being who I was naked and so that was you know there is like there's a sexual maturity that comes with age sure there's like an but the ownership of who I am uh, especially in the bed is because I'm really confident I'm really confident and that was like that was that was it well, you just feel, I, 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 now that you're talking, I realize like how, uh, how much getting sober really did like boost my confidence by, uh, you know, 10X yeah. and how much that has to do with how you feel sexually. Yeah. I mean, I feel I'm not a, um, I'm not ashamed or embarrassed of who I am on a daily basis, you know? which has nothing to do with, with what my body actually looks like. You know, I just inside, my insides are so much better. Yeah. 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 So that, I mean, that was my first time. And then, um, yeah, it was my first time. It was, oh God. I mean, I couldn't have written it better if I tried. And, um, so yeah. So then going back to you, the last question is what is it like now? Like what is, what's your, what is, what is sex life and sobriety like now? Um, and your relationship yeah. with it compared to, um, before, which I think we've gone into, but I just would still like to see clearly answer the question. Yeah. I think a lot, I would just say a lot of what I just said in my last answer. I mean, I'm still newly sober. It's only been, um, just over a year. And I think for me, sex is something that I really like look forward to now. It's not, you know, I don't equate it with, I actually think it would suck terribly to be to drink and have sex. It sounds awful to me now. Oh God. Um, so there's a complete flip there. You know, it went from something I couldn't imagine doing sober, to something I cannot imagine doing drunk. Yeah. Um, and would never want to. It's like so, so much better. Um, and I think I'm able to, there's a big piece in there about being able to make the decision about, I mean, I would sleep with people that I was, I would 
I was not attracted to when I was sober, but after, you know, a bunch of drinks, oh yeah, you know, oh, and so, God. Right. so there was no, yeah, my decision-making skills were just <sighs> such shit. Yeah. So being able to decide, and it's so nice to like know on a very pure level, whether I'm attracted to someone or not, whether they're attracted to me or not, and I can deal with whatever that is, you know, it's so awesome to not have that be so jugular for me. Yeah. Um, so the, you know, to decouple those things, the drinking and the sex is just really, really life-changing. Um, and to, and I enjoy sex so much more, like 10 times more than I ever did. Oh my God. And, um, it's, it's really nice. It's really, it feels really healthy. It feels like I have a healthy relationship with sex and my sexuality now. Um, so that's how I would, I would sort of summarize it. What about you? Um, here's where we'll get into like the, like, I think I'm also at this stage in my life. I like, for me, it's like, I've never been, um, I've never been where I'm at, which is just, um, oh God, how do I say, I don't even know how to say this. Um, I, um, I feel like, um, a sex magnet on some level. And I feel like, Mm -hmm. like the, probably, on some level, like, um, a little out of control with it. Like, and not that I want to have sex all the time, but just in that it is, um, it's just really good and it's juicy and it's like, um, well, I totally get how people get into sex addiction now. I mean, and I'm not saying that's what you're saying. Right. No, but I do too. But I do too. There was like, it's kind of funny. Cause so when this started going, when this, like, when it kind of, okay. So in yogic philosophy, right? Your second chakra is also associated with your creativity. And I was spending all this time doing all this kundalini and I was working on, you know, basically cranking my energy up from my lower, from my lower chakras, from my lower like human self to Mm -hmm. like my higher self and trying to use my energy wisely. And there's this concept called brahmacharya, which is, um, the restraint of, of the restraint of sexual energy. Yeah. And I like, I remember I went to my yoga teacher like a couple months in and I was just like, um, I can't, like, it's, like I'm, I don't know what to do. Like, I You're feel like so... all of me is running out the bottom of me and oh, just, like, like my energy, like I was talking to one of my friends the other day, a man, and I was just like, don't shoot it all over the place. You're letting it drop out the bottom of you, you know, like yeah. and use it for a higher purpose. And that's what I will say is that for me, it hasn't been sex addiction so much as it's just been, um, feeling a little bit like, um, over sexual or like sexual energy is just like it can it's be off the, my sexual energy is off the hook it's like that's it it's just is it's it's like it permeates I can you know like and so I um so for me it's been my sex life is has changed in that first of all I'm just so much more comfortable with it and I'm so much like before where I would get to the bed and we get to about sex and I'd be like no mm. now it's just like fuck yeah. You know, like why if not? If you want to, right. Yeah. Thank I've you. had, you know, I've had, I have, I haven't had that many sexual partners in the last year, but I've had 
I've had three, maybe, four, I mean, I've had more sexual partners in like the last year than I have, which is not a ton, but more than, than I did in, you know, like probably five years before. And so there is a part of me that's really loosened up in a way, not like, not like, it's not like I'm running around having sex all the time, but it's just that a part of me has really taken the seriousness out of it because I used to equate sex so much with, um, oh, yeah. the, with like hooking a man into a relationship. Yeah. I treat it much differently now. I treat it very, you know, um, I treat it as, um, I just do. I treat it much differently now. I don't know how else to say it. And I'm much more open about it and I'm not so serious about it. And I'm also, which is not necessarily a good thing, but. Um, well, no, I think it's a healthy thing though, because it's not that you're disrespectful of it. You're just. No, I'm very respectful. Uh, it doesn't have, it just doesn't have the, all the things yoked to it that you used to yoke to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the main thing is, I will say for me, the, 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 the struggle has been um, to not to not go not to be very restricted to, to show restraint right because there is there is it runs the same loop you're right sex addiction is a possibility it does run the same loop and also it's kind of one of those things like I you know I stopped smoking I stopped binging and purging I stopped smoking pot I stopped drinking and um and then this is like kind of the last thing and like I said it's like the la- one of the last things in my naughty toolbox is having good dirty sex Mm-hmm. And so it's like, um, and I've held on dearly to that. And I, you know, and I also like wear it as a badge of honor and like, and it's just, and it's funny. I mean, like I would have never, like a couple years ago, if you would have said, do you sext message or do you like, I would freak out and I would be like, oh my God, no, I'm not a 14 year old, you know, or really? like, oh my freak God. The fuck out. And you know, and then like somewhere along the way, the man I'd been sleeping with sent me a picture of his penis. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like, this isn't bad. And, you know, and so I've just like, <laughs> it's just different, right? I'm just like, it's, it's different now. It's so different now. And it's different in a way that it's, um, it's enjoyable. It's different in a way that it's, um, that I'm super comfortable with it. It's different in a way that I am less serious about it. It's different in a way that like, I don't do it for any other reason than to do it. Like then I'm not out there having it. sex to get enough, to get something else. Like right. I'm there to have sex because I really fucking love sex, which is not to say that there isn't this danger of like me wanting more. If I get that connected to somebody, there's still the danger of, if I have sex with you, I will probably like freak out and, and you know, like just because this is the stuff I'm working through. So it's not to say that having sex like now doesn't come with the baggage I place on sex. But what it means is that I don't do it for any other reason than to do it. Right. And, um, and that's the, and this is the first time in my life that I have ever done that. Like the first time in my life I've ever done that, which is, which is great. So like, yeah, I mean, I just, my sex life is fucking great now. Um, and I'm not having sex at the moment, you know, but it still is great. And yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a it's such a refreshing evolution to have that really change in your life in a in a positive way. It really is. Yeah, it is. And it's like it's one of those things. Like it is it is it's something that I never paid attention to or put much importance on and it's not to say like and I still like I'm not I if I didn't have sex for another four or five months or, you know, I would actually be pretty okay with that. I'd be great with that. Right. But like, it's, but it is to say that like, it's very important, like how I treat it and how I am with it. It's been, it's been, it's vital. It's just vital. It's been a huge part of who I am. So that's awesome. Yeah, it is. (sighs) 
Good. So I think that those are at least the questions that we had that we knew we wanted to talk about. I will, one of the things that I wanted to mention that I said to you is, um, is that I, one of the things that's been really cool and I kind of stumbled on it by accident is Dan Savage's love cast. Um, he has a podcast that he's run for a couple of years now. I actually found him by listening to the Dear Sugar podcast and they brought him on as a guest yeah. to answer a question from a woman who um, her boyfriend broke up with her because he said he was gay and she was dealing with, you know, um, with that. And he came on and I was totally blown away at how well he handled the question, how, um, and, you know, since I've been listening to his podcast, just how complex, you know, the world is in terms of sexuality. It's like, I, I didn't, I wasn't dumb to it. Like, yes, I know people have different preferences, but it has really opened my mind to different conversations around sex, to some of the things that are out there that I didn't know about, to, um, and I feel like anytime you can just know more, it makes you, um, I don't know, makes you better in terms of having compassion for people, not being judgmental. And it's not that I was judgmental about sex at all, but I didn't, I also was kind of naive about some stuff, you know, and, and I think it's been really cool. It's, uh, I would recommend his podcast to anybody. Um, and it's not just about sex. It's about all kinds of stuff in relationships. Yeah, um, he talked not about sex on when he was on Dear Sugar. He talked about relationships. Right. But, uh, but he does talk about sex. He gets a lot of questions from people about sex, but it's a, always almost more about relationships. And that part of it has been just really, really helpful to me. Um, and he is funny. He's really funny. So that's one of the things that I did want to mention as like a tool or a cool thing that I've found recently. Awesome. I have to check that out. I haven't, I've never listened to his podcast. He's great. He does these political rants in the beginning, which sometimes I like, sometimes I don't have any interest in. Um, but he, you know, always answers three or four uh, people call in, like they, they leave messages for him and yeah. then he decides which, which ones he's going to answer and I almost always get something out of every single one. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, is that it? That's okay. it. We're going to be back um, recording again tomorrow. This episode will go up on Wednesday and the next one the following week. And I'm going to get on with my Saturday. Actually, so the atheist episode appears on 11-11. Which oh, I'm yeah. Keeping, right. Like, and I'm keeping that just because it's an auspicious number for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I thought it was just, I thought it was good irony for the show. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, I don't know what we're recording next weekend, but this one will go up this Wednesday, which is the, I believe it's, is it the 31st? No. No, it is the 28th. Better than I thought it was. I know you were. I don't know why I wasn't. I, I, I really these things before.